Hey guys, I'm Joshua Blackstone, and this is AI Among Us, where we enlist the help of thought leaders and experts to demystify topics in AI and make them digestible to any listener. And today, we continue our conversation with Ben Breen, the founder and CEO of Canary. Uh, so let's get right back into it. Band, jumping off our last discussion, do you believe that science fiction attributes to the fear and hesitation which companies feel towards the integration of AI? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things, it, the, generally speaking, what you, you find in almost every industry, every business industry, including mine, is that people will hold on to doing things the way that they've done them for decades until yeah. they absolutely don't have to do them that way. <laughs> yeah. Now, the difference is that because things are moving so much faster now and constantly businesses are getting disintermediated and transformed, um, the, the, that, 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 the time of kind of a business doing it the old way to having to rethink it and do a new way has dramatically re been reduced. So mm -hmm. I... I um, I, do I think that uh, science fiction had some type of role in that? Sure, sure. But I mean, science fiction also has as much of a role in exposing uh, the general public to the ideas that have led to goodness here too. So yeah. um, I think it's, it's, uh, it's human nature to be curious, to explore, but also to be fearful. And um, so I think it's, you know, I think we have to thank science fiction, uh, but also kind of, uh, uh, I, I think right now we're at that moment with AI where I hope we get past science fiction. You know, yeah. science fiction is, is now a crutch. It, it, it's now not AI's friend. You know, uh, machine learning now requires people to take it and actually apply it and to put operational models around it and rethink how they skill their workers. You know, they, they need to be much more, I'd say maybe pragmatic about it and less, less Hollywood. That makes sense. And we were just talking about how the advancements of AI are, you know, they're exponential, right? And so you left your career in the ad agency years ago. So do you think there's been like a huge change in the conversation of AI around ad companies? and you know, like how their definitions and applications are changing. Do you think there's been a huge one since you've left? Well, I mean, you know, my, my, my thesis basically uh, paints a, a relatively <laughs> bleak picture in terms of that change. Um, the, one of the things that uh, came out was that there was a you know, very, very poor understanding of what machine learning was uh, in the industry um, there, as we've already talked about. Um, now, that being said, the other thing that gets covered off in the thesis is that there are thousands upon thousands of companies that are starting to apply machine learning to uh, elements of the media and marketing world. So, for example, like call centers, right? So, taking all the call center data processing all that audio data and learning about how people will be reacting to certain messages and things like that. Um, anybody who uses something like Google's um, e e um, email system, you'll see that they have like suggested responses. That's all based on just massive and massive amounts of 
of, of, of understanding how, uh, what, what is a good, good positive responses. Um, but what has not happened to date in the media and marketing world is that we haven't really moved past uh, that first phase of uh, machine learning where people are utilizing it at times to do research, to, to, to find insights, but we're not really kind of rethinking marketing in its entirety yet around AI and what that's gonna mean. And so what that means is that we're, I would say we're, that whilst there are some examples, some bright, bright spots here and there of companies that are really kind of trying to restructure how they operate as a business uh, based on the use of AI, most companies are not. Like most companies will have, let's say like a team of people that are utilizing Watson technology, but it's not really, it's not really kind of restructured how they run their organizations to date. So it's still very, very early days. In fact, I would say many people, including myself, think we're at that point where, whereas I think five years ago, people would have just been like not almost ignoring it to now people aren't ignoring AI and many are experimenting with it. Um, but jumping from the experimentation to implementing a new operational structure, we're, we're not fully there yet. Um, except for some companies, like companies like Amazon and, and Google are, are, are light years ahead of everyone else. Yeah. And do you think COVID has kind of acted as a catalyst for that? I feel like a lot of people have used or companies have used this time to try new things because they haven't been able to do what's, what they've done in the past. You know, they haven't been able to fall back to their old ways. They've kind of been forced into progressing. Yeah, I... I do think that we will look back at, at 2020 and the pandemic as the moment that the old world kind of fell away and the new world started to appear. And I don't think it will become super, super clear to people until we get the economy back functioning again. But certainly I think in 2022, there will be a moment where some people will be like, holy crap, I had no idea things have changed so much because um, uh, you know, all those naysayers inside of companies that basically were fighting change, they all lost the debates during the crisis because every boardroom in the world was like, hey, we gotta do, we gotta do something, right? We gotta change. And so, um, so yeah, I, I do think that the, this new world that we're gonna uh, live through is gonna start to become much more clear to people uh, over the next couple of years, um, but it already is. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't think, you know, I'm having a debate in my own company, but we have offices, but I, I, I don't think our staff is gonna come back 100% to the offices, you know? Like, yeah. We're in a world of remote work. It is what it is. So you don't. So do you feel like that's going to be the norm? Do you think, may, like most of these businesses are going to like shut down their office spaces, do everything over Zoom, Google Meet? I I I think it's got to be some type of a mix. But I I really don't know what exact how it will kind of manifest itself. 
Uh, there are so many parts of the of, of the ecosystem that are still behind uh, on this. So, for example, you know, the world, uh, the legal world, the governmental world, the taxation world, the registration of business world, all those types of things still physically want you to have a location somewhere. They want to be able to tax people clearly, right? Um, but what do, what do I do, Josh, with somebody like yourself that's super talented, you know, you come out of college and you basically are able to do what you do from anywhere in the world. And, and, and for you, it makes literally almost no sense to go sit in an office when you could be, you know, on a ski slope, you know, on a beach with your friends be as, as productive as you are there, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's kind of like a combination of the two or, you know, and, and it's not just kind of about pleasure and work, right, or fun and work, but it's also about, let's say you want to go to a lecture and you have to go meet people to go see a lecture or to be part of something, you know, it's, there, there's a demand for a new type of flexibility that will require kind of like, I think an exciting rethink about everything, um, but it's yeah. certainly hard to justify spending a ton of money on a big office in the middle of New York City. <laughs> yeah, but then also when you look at the school systems, like then why aren't schools staying online? I think that one of the main things that you lose when you get rid of that office structure is like productivity. And because there's something there when you're in person, hands on with the business, you're there and like, you're all, you're all there. Like what you were saying, like you could be on the beach on a yeah. ski slope over zoom and your mind is there, right? right. Or you could be home and you're thinking about, I don't know what you're going to have for dinner, but when right. you're in an office, when you're in a classroom, you're fully present. And I feel like that's something that not enough people are thinking about when they're saying, you know, what, we'll shut down the yeah. offices. Yeah, no, no. I think you have a, a very good point. And I certainly have seen that in terms of schools and education. Um, I, I, you know, work is the workplace is a little bit different, albeit I think for young, you know, younger people in work, um, that idea of culture and kind of learning from your peers and even having social life related to people that you work with is something that requires kind of face to face contact. The question is really like, what's going to actually, actually mean, because what we're finding is that this pandemic has shown us that the there's the, the 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 desires the wants whatever you want is possible right and so the question is like can 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 we operate a model where you have everything that's possible right uh you know it, you know if, if for for kids i think it's different because i think when you're a teenager or when you're younger there, you're, there's so much that happens when you're just with your peers. That's like, um, it's so much part of the learning process. And I, you know, I think, I think, um, you know, I've spoken to my son about this, my older son about this. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, he's seen it himself. He, he was at an, uh, uh, the, the virtual learning school and then he, he has been going to uh, one during the pandemic where he's actually there in person. And he said that literally they've covered like 10 times more material in the year in person than they did virtually. Because I think the virtual system is just, 
been harder for kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I hear you on the kids thing. That being said, I think almost every business that you'll talk to that's been successful during the digital period will tell you that um, they've had tremendous efficiencies uh, working virtually. Um, there are kind of challenges, I think, if, of building a, a digital culture um, I'm, I'm kind of working along a thesis myself right now, which is going to be more re- related to kind of like having like beacon events where we bring everyone together and everyone can kind of interact and socialize, give people kind of like flexible work environments that they can come together when they want to, right? But don't require them to be in a physical location, right? It's the idea of like the authoritarian like requirement it just doesn't seem to make sense anymore. No, I completely understand that. And I think that's a great point to have more of a hybrid. I feel like it's, we're not at a point where it can be like black or white just yet. Because yeah. a lot of people do really appreciate that workspace, that in-person workspace. Yeah. And so how has your uh, company, Canary, how have you guys been affected by COVID? How have you made changes to your company and its structure? because of the pandemic? Uh, so, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, Josh, you know firsthand, you know, when, when uh, you know, I think, you know, we, we definitely spoke and saw, saw your family during that whole period, but it was, um, you know, we went virtual last year in March and April, um, and we are still virtual as a company today. The shift has been that we went from being a company that was very office culture-based to one that has a digital culture. So the company has a digital spine. Every event now for all employees starts digitally, ends digitally. Now, uh, that means that we're, uh, you know, if we had things like uh, lunch and learns, now those lunch and learns are connected with like food orders, right? That can be accessed anywhere. uh, there are, so, so I, I think we're trying to kind of like make that complete shift from being locked into a geolocation to totally virtual, whilst at the same time then also kind of ramping up for people that to come together uh, as appropriate. Um, I think the big thing that's changed um, in, in terms of a business was we went into a bit of a war mode when the crisis hit. We were hit pretty hard like most businesses but by, by, by the end of April, we were kind of growing like a weed. And so the challenges that we've had are, uh, you know, we're twice as big as we, you know, we, we've hired twice as many, uh, doubled in size in terms of employees in, in, during COVID. And so bringing those people on, making them culturally connected into the company is, a, is definitely a challenge. Um, I would say that um, that's been a big focus and um, I think the big push for us as a business, though, has been machine learning. So that and we're we're applying that pretty much across every aspect of our platform. Um, that's probably the big focus from a development standpoint. And how are you integrating that into your company? Yeah, I mean, we use it uh, as part of kind of like our content creation engine. Uh, we use it for our growth and engagement capabilities. Um, and we look at it from, uh, you know, for measurement and for kind of mapping kind of patterns uh, that we might see. Uh, so opportunities for executives to share specific types of messages, things like that. 
So Ben, as we're wrapping up, uh, I wanted to know if you had noticed any of the drawbacks that we spoke about earlier. And if you did, do you see yourself re-implementing aspects of your company that you changed during COVID? Yeah, I thought, if you'd asked me this question six months ago, I thought we would go back to uh, kind of like the way we were. Um, But I really don't see that happening. I really think that we're going to be, we're going to stay with this digital core as a company. Uh, We're going to invest heavily in the culture of the company and the culture and the people, but not necessarily in brick, right? Not necessarily in brick. And so that means that, uh, finding kind of more flexible working environments is going to be really, really critical for us as a company. Thank you so much. And it means a lot that you took the time to speak with me. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in today. And I'll see you all next time on AI Among Us. Yeah.